great to be back. You know, this is like family for me. I come every year, once a year. It's always the same week. And I just see family members. You know, it's like family reunion. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Marlene, for those who don't know me. Um, I'm originally from South Africa. And I work for the most awesome organization called London City Mission. And what we do is we partner with churches to bring the good news of Jesus to those people who are least likely to hear about him. Um, So we've got five different specialisms, and mine is children, youth, and schools. So I would like you to ask you, um, from Romans 6, we we see um, that the Lord wrote, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the name of the Lord if they do not believe? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without anyone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. But not all the Israelites will accept the good news, for Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed in our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is through the word of Christ. So how then can they call on the name if they have not believed? And how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? So at London City Mission, we have done some research and we've done, we found out that about four or five years ago, one in three people in London will never be in contact with a Christian who can share the message with them. At the moment, it's closer to one to two and a half than to one in three. So I did a quick count. There's about 30-odd people in this room right now. It means one in three people will not, ten people will not hear the message. So one, two, three, you've got no hope. One, two, three, you're lost for eternity. One, two, three, Milad, sorry. Bad luck unless we change things. And it's down to the average person. We all got the Great Commission. It's down to us to share the good stories, like Trevor said. We have to encourage each other. We need to start speaking up. So at London City Mission, we believe we go to the churches because we all got the the responsibility to share the good news. And what we do is we help train people up um, to equip them for the worship of the works of service. We don't just equip you to enrich yourself, we equip you to bring the good news to everyone. So, I take it a little bit of a step further. So my specialism is children, youth and schools. Um, So, I use the children as a hook to get to the parents. Because you need the parent to bring the child to church. 
It's no good just working with the child. Of course, the children are very important and we want to share the good news with every child, but we don't want to leave them in the school or leave them in the kids' club and not move further. My aim is household salvation. We read about Peter, when somebody comes to faith, the whole household came to faith. So I work with the children, we're in the schools, we work with the teenagers. Then we spread into the communities. We go for council estates, where people are least likely to hear about him. We go for asylum seeker hotels, or wherever Muslim communities, where nobody dares talk about Jesus. We go into those areas which is least likely for the aim of household salvation. So, what have I been doing this past year? So, like I said, we partner with churches and one of the churches we've partnered with is City of Peace Community Church. And we used to run a kids club from there and then COVID hit and everything closed down. And in the two years, the children grew up There was no new kids coming in. So we had to start from scratch again. So this is what we did. We encouraged the church um, to employ a children's worker. So Dottie, there's the new children's worker. And this is a new kids club that started. We used to run it from the old cafe forever. Now the building has been sold, so we don't have a base. But praise God, he provided a temporary two-year building for us. They're going to demolish it in two years. But in the heart of a council estate, half the church is nervous. This is not safe. I'm like, yes, Lord. Yes, I can see you. You're at work. You're shining the light in this council estate. We only moved into the estate at the end of October. And we already had a a holiday club there, and a three-day holiday club. Now, I need to, I can't read that far. So, guys, this church is small. It's an inner city church. In London, we cannot, um, we don't have unemployed, we've got unemployed people who struggle. There's a reason why they're unemployed, because they've got health problems or um, other issues. We don't have retired people because it's too expensive to stay in zone 2. We don't have housewives. There's very few because again it's too expensive. You need the double income. So this church has got about 50 odd members or people that attend regularly. From that 50, 27 of them committed to this project. I said, guys, look, I can't do this. This has to be your responsibility. You need to want to do it. How are we, are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? What do you think? And we brainstormed together. And t- I'm so proud of them. 27 of them stepped up. It was during the half term. Only 10 was available during the half term. But the other 17 did the background work. You know, the risk assessments, the designing the flyer, distributing the flyer at the school gate, going on doors. They're like, we can't be there during the week, we're going away ourselves, but we're here 
we take responsibility. And so we had this holiday club in the council estate. And, yeah, six to eight of them did background work. Fourteen of them went door to door. We had a team of about 12 um, that just went on the doors and two more mums that went at the school gate. Um, and the results were 41 children attended this club. 41 children, of which only six of them were church kids. So 35 children heard the good news of Jesus being the light of the world and they're ready for them and they're welcome to come to Kids Club. So please pray for this new outreach on this council estate. So I was thinking... Let's pause and pray for them. So if two or three people would just pray for them. So we can pray for, for the new venue in the middle of the estate, for safety and good outreach, because our local council estate is known for its troubles. Um, there's lots of addiction problems and other. Um, for the volunteers who gave up their time, and for God to enthuse them and redeem their time that they've given into the community and for people to commit to this project, to this kids club because it is hard going. People are not available. Children's work, you can't say, well, do it at 10 o'clock tonight. You've got a small window, kids are at school. So the club is from 5 to 6.30 And that is also a difficult time, that's family time when the parents have to feed their own kids. But pray that God will send the workers, the volunteers, to focus on on this club, please. And that when people do give their time, you know, sometimes um, they have to give up something, work or something, that God will redeem that time for them to finish the work that they would have done in the same time. And please pray for these 41 children who who attended the club, that they will come to the kids' club that happens weekly now. And for all these kids to know God personally, I was very encouraged. Of that 35 new kids, 90% of them were Muslim. And they had to attend with their parents, because we were not sure how many kids were going to show up. And the parents allowed them to stay, and the parents heard the message as well. So pray that we are sensitive in how we share the message, because, again, how will they know about Jesus if we don't tell them? How will they believe in the one if they haven't heard the message? So, please, um, if two or three people would just pray for this project. Thank you. So what else have we been up to? So during COVID, the Lord opened my heart for some asylum seekers. I attended a small holiday club. I was just a volunteer. And a little girl in my group, she was from Eritrea, said to me, 
we were doing Jesus, um, the I am statements of Jesus, and she said, um, we were doing Jesus is the life and resurrection. And I thought, oh my goodness, resurrection, that's a big word for a grown-up. Never mind for a child of eight. Never mind a Muslim child whose English is not good, who's from a country where they've never heard of Jesus. How do I explain this? And I looked at them and I said, guys, it is... um, So resurrection, to be resurrected means you come alive again. But to become alive again, you first have to die. And I know it's not good to talk to children about death. We don't normally do it. But here's the fact, guys, we all have to die one day. All of us. And while I was talking and explaining this to the children... All the English kids were like, you could see them dozing off into thinking about their dinners or whatever. But all the refugee kids that happened to be at this club were leaning forward, listening, hanging on my lips. And it unnerved me. Why are they doing it? You know, it's like when you're in a classroom and everybody's super well behaved. You're like, what's wrong with you kids? Why, why is everybody what drug are you on you know So, and as I was saying that this little girl she was only seven or so her head dropped and I heard her say under her breath I saw so many dead people and I realised for her death is a reality she knows what I'm talking about she's seen it She's experienced it. She didn't just watch a movie. We, you know, as we don't allow our British kids to, to watch any violent movies from age two. So the British kids have got no clue about death. But for this little girl, death is a reality. She didn't watch the movie. She was in the movie. She smelt it. She saw it. She heard it. She's traumatized by it. And for her... This is a lifeline I threw. I told her, I know a way how she can come alive again even though she's died. So this is an important message. She wants to hear it. She knows she needs to put it in her back pocket. One day she'll be in a situation again where she needs to come alive maybe. So the Lord opened the door for me to go into asylum seeker hotels. It's an absolute miracle, but it involved me having conversations with the main contractor who serves the whole of London and allowing us to go into the hotels, partnering with churches, bringing church members to do just a simple art and craft, build relationships and tell the children in a sensitive way about Jesus and then also telling, befriending their parents, inviting them to come to church. So this is what I've been up to. Some of the hotels have closed, some have reopened. At, uh, during COVID we had about, uh, I can't remember the exact stats, but it was like, 
9,000 people moved into Tower Hamlets only. So the, the hotels were flooded. They were like Ibis hotels or travel lodges or premier hotels, which is designed just for temporary. But these people had to stay there for two years. My friend Milat, that's come to me, he, I met Milat in uh, a, a, one of these hotels and he can tell you afterwards, if you're interested, what the living conditions were like there. So these poor kids, they're not allowed to play in the corridors, they're not allowed to do anything, they're in a new country. Their language, they're just kids. So I started working, bringing church volunteers in, building relationships with them. But now comes the holiday. All the kids are, oh, we're going to the seaside, we're going to Thorpe Park, we're going to go to Legoland. What do the refugee kids do? They don't have money. They can just go to the local park. So, again, we got seven churches, or members of from seven churches, to say, let's put on a holiday club for these kids. Let's invite them. Let's tell them about Jesus. So, again, we got a group of seven to eight churches together. We said, lie, right, let's do a holiday club. Again, the parents are invited because language is a barrier. We can't always explain to them. Let's run this. So, during the summer holidays, we had seven, eight churches committing to this holiday club. We got the teenagers involved because we've got these amazing church teenagers and part of my role is to envision them Give the young people of tomorrow, raising the next generation of missionaries, giving them a taster of what it's like to love your community, to love the stranger in your midst. I mean, God has called us, it's a command, do not neglect to show hospitality to the stranger in your midst. Yeah, we've got these refugees on our door. We don't have to go to Iran, to Eritrea, to Nicaragua. They come to us. Let's use it. They have to learn English. We don't have to learn the other languages. So, we got the teenagers involved. Baking pancakes, using every opportunity. From pancake day to Easter. Every opportunity to invite people to the church. Here, a group of teenagers is going onto the local estate to knock on the doors to invite people um, to, to the events. We also started inv- inviting these people into our homes, saying, so they're not allowed, they don't have any cooking facilities. So, the one thing they all crave is home-cooked food. Cooked the way they like it. But they don't have kitchens. What do they do? So I said, that's simple, guys. I've got a kitchen. Come to my house. Come. And then you invite the church people over. So here yeah, we've got a group of um, Central Americans. They just love it. They can cook their own tradition. I said, look, just give me a list of ingredients. You come and cook it. I eat at you, but it's at my place. <laughs> I'll do the dishes. <laughs> and so befriending, loving your neighbour. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Building down barriers. So, here's Milat. 
Um, he's going to tell his story via video, um, just to give you a personal idea what it is like. Uh, I'm Milad. I was born in Iran. Uh, since July 2021, I'm living here in London. One and a half year before, when I ran from my country, I stopped following Islam. And I was in the underground church and they gave me a book of Matthew. And the police came to my house, my home, and they found the book. And I couldn't stay at home. And in my country, I, I had to run because it's a death penalty if you convert from Islam or if you come out from Islam. When I arrived here, I couldn't speak English. I didn't have any phone. I didn't have uh, any friends to ask them about the church. My health problem is uh, when I was 19 years old, the hospital operated my legs. And that was okay. I could walk. I could run. But I fell down from boat. And since June 2022, I used these crutches and changed my life. In my asylum, Sikhe Hotel, I have eight stairs. When I want to take a food, I have to go to floor downstairs with my crutches and take a food. Without lift, we don't have a dining room. Three times a day, I have to take these stairs. I attended the City of Peace because I met Marlene at the hotel and she invited me to come to the church. It's difficult to go into the church because I have to take two trains and I have to change, take a bus and it's 70 minutes, sometimes more. But I'm feeling good there because I'm feeling that they are like my family. The atmosphere is different. My life changed because I have a lot of time with church members. It's very good for me because I didn't know a lot of things about Jesus. They helped me to understand. I come to City of Peace three times a week. Sundays is a service, Tuesdays is a house group, and Wednesdays is a youth group. I come to youth group to help because I want to give respect back from Lord, from this country and from church that they gave me. I want to give this respect back. The vouchers is very helpful for me because weekly I came nine pound, and this nine pound I have to use uh, for everything for my clothes, or for food, for my SIM card. But it's not enough, and I don't have work permission to work. With this voucher, I can buy something for eating from supermarket, and this is very helpful for me. You can pray for me now for. Peace for my pain, for my residence permit. Thank you for your praying and thank you for your giving me time to help me. And I'm very thankful from this country, this people, city of peace, that they gave me respect and I learned from them a lot of good things. And I want to be a good person by Lord and for this country. And I want to say thank you all of churches that support London City Mission to help uh, the people. There you go, guys. The walls are coming down.
I know it feels like sometimes we're fighting a losing battle, but our Lord is faithful. Walls are coming down one by one for Milad. I mean, he's struggling with health problems. He's waiting for his application to the outcome. But he's faithful. The Lord has brought him from Iran, gave him the good news, and we're praying for household salvation through him that his whole family in Iran will also get to experience the freedom he's experienced already, that he'll be able to survive. He's in a lot of pain and, you know, the system is slow. He needs double hip replacement, replacement, knee replacements. But our God is faithful and will stay strong with him. Um, Let's pray for Milad first, yeah? If a few people want to pray. And Lord, we lift up all the other refugees um, that are here because you've got a plan and a purpose for them. So Lord, I pray. I pray for Christians in London to speak up and to share this good news of your salvation with them. And Lord, we bring all the children. Um, Lord, how beautiful are they? But how lost are they? Please let us not just look at their physical need, but let us look at their spiritual need as well and share the goodness of you. Thank you, Lord, that you love little children as well. Amen. Talking of children, so this is a a refugee family that was hanging out at my house. Pray for them. They've just recently, their application was accepted. It's such a sad story, you know. One day, imagine you're living in your home, minding your own business, and COVID hits. And this little girl's father was a flight attendant. So he worked for an airline. And then all the flights were cancelled and they could... um, You know, they had to get some income from somewhere. So they started cooking food at home and then selling it on Facebook and stuff. You know, that's what you do. You make a plan to survive. But in the process, the drug lords of Nicaragua decided, oh, they've got money. We want that money. So they just contacted him one day and said, look, you need to give us money. He said, I don't have. He said, you've got a business, you can find a way. We're coming in one week to collect. If you don't, you've got a 14-year-old daughter. She's beautiful. She can be my girlfriend. So they went to the police and said, he's threatening us. They said on Facebook, we, we know where your daughter goes to school. We can see everything about you. We know where you live. We know who's your relatives. Either you do it or we come for you. And in Nicaragua, that is the life. The drug lords rule the country. The police just said, we can't do anything. We're sorry. This is... We have no power against the drug lords. Just give your daughter. That's what everybody does. Just give your daughter... So they had one week to sell all their possessions 
discreetly, raise as much money as they could to buy flights. Luckily, because he was a flight attendant, he had the visa already, and he had access to cheaper tickets. And in one week, they arrived in London with just the clothes on their body and a small suitcase. That was two years ago. They were put in this asylum seeker hotel. The kids had to learn English. Everybody had to learn English. And the temporary accommodation is now two years later. They have just heard that their application is successful. But now, they're no longer Home Office's responsibility. They now become the local authority's responsibility. To be a a responsibility of the local authority, they get moved out of the Asylum Seeker Hotel into a homeless shelter, where now they have to share the hostel with drug addicts, with homeless people. The, The danger went from bad to worse. And they have to find, they now have to go look for a job. Because now, before, they were not allowed to work. Now they're allowed to work. Where do you get a job? You have to still get your kids to school and back. You have limited income and resources. You need to find a house. You're now entitled to some benefits. But the housing list in London is 8-10 years. You've got small children. So please pray for this family. Pray that they will find accommodation soon, that they'll get moved out. We're grateful and we're thankful that they're allowed to stay, but their walls are still very high. Pray that in the process we will be able to connect with them, share with them, and that they will find personal salvation in Jesus and that he will be their number one rock. So, this is just some news from some of the other refugee outreach work that we do. So, we've been connecting with um, a few local churches because I work the whole of Tower Hamlets. So, St. Peter's Barge, City of Peace and St. Anne's Church. Um, They kind of combined and do a weekly drop-in in one of the asylum seeker hotels. A lot of these hotels has closed in Tower Hamlets and reopened further east towards you guys because the rooms are bigger and more suitable than the inner city of of Tower Hamlets. So please pray for this um, drop-in that they've got weekly doing art and craft with the kids. The Barge has had a light party as well, as well as City of Peace had the half-term project. Um, it was well attended. They do English classes using the Bible as their textbook. Um, for the international relations, intentional relationships, that people don't just be friends, to make an effort, please pray that they will be intentional. I want to tell you about Jesus. I don't want to just be your friend. I want to be your friend and my main aim is to share God's goodness with you. For the Summer Holiday Club, for more volunteers and for successful application for um, 
accommodation for this. Is it okay if we pray for them quickly? Just one person, please. Okay, guys, we're almost there. Last but not least, we do schools works as well. So, um, we've partnered with seven different churches, seven to eight. We're hoping this was last January. We're redoing it February next year. So, in the school curriculum, um, they have to learn about Jesus in RE. So, what we do is there's an organization called Counties. We partner with them. They come with big pots that with tablets and headphones because all the children are into technology. And if they can get their fingers on a tablet and press a button, that's when they're the happiest. So we invite schools to come, bring year five and six groups, and they sit down and they go through the life of Jesus from the prophecies and we ask them questions like, what is a prophet? And 90% of our children are Muslims, so they're very familiar. Who do they think Jesus is? Is he just a good teacher? Is he a prophet? What is he? And then we, we take them through four pods where we share with them that he's so much more. And we look at the evidence. And at the end, they get to vote again via their clickers or their tablets on do they still think he's just a prophet or is he more than a prophet so in the process we had 600 children from 6-7 different um, schools that came through and listened to this now guys when do you get the opportunity to share the goodness of Jesus to 600 Muslim kids with the government's permission because it's in the school's curriculum. So please pray for that. It's happening again. So this is the live exhibition that was... So we collaborated with eight um, schools that brought over 600 kids. It was the interactive fun learning experience with high technology. They They learned about the truth about Jesus. And then for 2024, we've already got six schools signed up we are 65% booked up. We know that it's the Christmas season and schools want to finish Christmas before they think about next year. So pray that the last remaining 35% of slots gets filled up. Um, So pray that more schools will sign up and more churches will be involved. We rely on the churches to, to... host and to be the volunteers. Please pray for us. Um, We can't do this without your prayer support. So at London City Mission, you might say, how can I be involved? How can I support this? A lot of you have supported us already through the years and we're so grateful for you. Without, You know, when I go out, I'm alone, but I'm not alone because I've got lots of partners I'm covered in prayer and I feel it so please, thank you very much you can give to us financially if you want if you do, can I ask you to date it for next year because I need to raise a certain amount of money and by God's amazing grace I've met my target for this year 
So if you give now, I lose it all. <laughs> and I have to start again with zero in January. <laughs> so um, if you do, just date it for next year, please. Um, and you can stay in touch. We've got literature, you can sign up. We've got a prayer diary and um, a quarterly magazine. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh,